first time I ever had fish for breakfast was in Scotland. We were staying at a hotel on the beach and I had no idea that it was a very famous hotel. We got a cheap rate and it was called St. Andrews. People go there to golf. So we got up for the buffet. That's why I like European breakfast. They're always large buffets. There were fish there and I never had fish for breakfast. So I asked one of the waiters, what is this? And the waiter said, oh, it's kippers. I tried it. It was good. So when I hear this story of Jesus putting the fish and the bread on the charcoal during that time of his visitations after the resurrection, I go back to kippers. Tasty. We're not talking about kippers and we're not talking about anything but Jesus and the fish and the lamb. Sounds like a good breakfast, actually. Peter is the leader of the apostles. You know the story background. You know his denial. You know his big-mouthedness when he always would speak up, sometimes when he was asked, sometimes when he wasn't asked. So he was the leader of the apostles, and eventually Jesus makes him the leader, giving him the keys of the kingdom, metaphorically. So he's there at the shore, and again, maybe to test his humility and his pride. He's a big fisherman. He's a popular fisherman. He's ahead of a few boats. Jesus on the shore says, do you have anything to eat? And he calls them children. Again, probably touching upon his humility, Peter's humility. And he says, yeah, children, do you have anything to eat? Did you catch anything? Nope. We've been here all night, not a thing. So Jesus tells them what to do, cast it on the other side. And when they did that, they caught an abundance. And John puts this little detail in, and I don't know where the detail is headed to, but he puts that detail in of 153 fish were caught. At that time, scripture scholars tell us, there were 153 known fish in the world. Why John had that little bit of insignificant in information, I don't know. But we figure it out. He catches this huge amount of fish and brings it ashore. Now don't forget, Peter's a fisherman. He has his own boat. And the traditional second name for a boat was a bark. That's why when churches were built, they were built this way, very much like long buildings with the head and the mast. And it was called Bark of Peter. So when you talk to, about the church, you're talking about the Bark of Peter, the ship of Peter. The ship Peter was to head and take care of. Again, now we get deeper into the story and we realize what Jesus is doing. You denied me. You ran away. I've made you leader of the, the bark. Let me ask you something, Peter. 
do you love me? I mean, he had to have agita when Jesus said that. He had to have his stomach growls because, hey, Jesus knows I denied him. Jesus knows I ran away. And he says, yeah, yes, immediately, yes. I can just see Peter, right? Before the last word was out of Jesus' mouth, I can see, hear Peter say, yes, yes, of course. They eat. Do you love me? Yes, I love you. Now you can see Peter getting a little, probably a little aggravated. This is my interpretation. It says nothing about that there. But if you were in that position and the boss said, are you listening to me? Do you follow me? Do you love me? Once, okay, twice. But Jesus tops it again, three times. The same number of times of denial. I don't know the man. My, my language is like those of the Galileans, but I'm, I'm not one of them. Never met the man. Denies him three times. So again, do you love me more than these? And Peter spills it all out. You, you know everything, and you know I love you more than these. This is the guy who denied Jesus. You know I love you. So the, 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 the contradiction that's woven into the scriptures is so beautiful because it's real. We love Jesus. We go to mass. We do our, our charity, I hope. And yet sometimes we're a little shaky in our behaviors, maybe with our family members, maybe with the poor, maybe with just common politics. And through that we say, yeah, I, I love you, Jesus. So Jesus asks something of him. Feed my sheep, you and I. Take care of my lambs. You're the father of the church right now, Peter, my paraphrase. Take care of those for whom I became the new lamb that's mentioned in the book of Apocalypse. The lamb that was slain. At that point, the Apocalypse book is not written. But at the Last Supper, Jesus gave the bread and said, this is my body. And on the cross the next day, it was sealed. He is the lamb, the sacrificial lamb, who gave his life as the ultimate guarantee to us as the ultimate stage of his relationship with the Father, saying, okay, I sacrifice myself for my sheep. And, and you know what sacrifice is all about. You know when times are difficult and a neighbor needs help, you knock on the door, you bring some food, say prayers. You know what difficult times are about when people need you. Uh, rather not go, rather deny Jesus and say, let them take care of themselves. But we go. We go. We stretch ourselves. And you know what that's all about. Concretely, historically, right now, in our world, people of Eastern Europe need us. Our prayer, our donations, our concern, our voices, yeah, you'd rather say, nah, I don't, I don't want to get involved. But Jesus has a question for you. Do, you. do you love me? 
If you love me, you've got to feed my sheep. You've got to take care of my lambs. You've got to take care of those who are suffering. And Jesus continues that little metaphor, and John says he threw that in just to remind Peter what his death would be like. And you know, the tradition is that Peter was led away, he's put in prison a few times, and then crucified upside down. When this was going on on the shore, Peter didn't know that would happen. He was still holding on to his life. So John says, because this gospel is written well after the events, Jesus asked that and said that little metaphor, when you were young, you did what you wanted to do, you got older, people told you what to do, and then when you're really old, they're going to lead you away. That, those options are going to be gone if you follow me. There's no black or white. If you follow me, you love me, you act on the word of Jesus Christ, the word of God. Oh, is he talking to Peter? <laughs> you know, he's talking to us. Please. The message is God's word, and God's word continues in you and me. If you love me, you'll feed one another and tend to one another's needs. And, and we're not a social service, we're a body, and we take care of one another. For what? To be joined to the heavenly kingdom that is so well described in the book of the Apocalypse or book of Revelation. We do that so one day we will be around the throne glorifying the Lamb who was slain, but who lives, Jesus. And one day we will be able to say with our voices, probably with our hearts, more than with our tongues, to the one who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor, glory and might forever. That's why we do it. That's why we come to church. That's why we pray for one another. That's why we tend to one another's needs because our destiny as we pass through this world is eternal life. But don't live for eternal life. Live now and that will deter the determine the quality of our eternal life. And as we live now, we're right with Peter and the other apostles who are brought before the Sanhedrin. We told you to stop talking about the name of that man. We told you, deny that you know him. We told you, forget Jesus and what he wants of you. No one told you that, right? No. The world tells us that every day. Secularism, greed, hate, prejudice tells us that every day. Stop talking about Jesus. Don't act like Jesus. Deny him and knock the world off its feet 
with hate and greed and selfishness. So we look to the early apostles, and what did they do? <laughs> they, they glorified the fact that they could give honor to God by suffering. They suffered for the name of Jesus. And they thanked God for that trial. That's what it is. You go so far, you're on trial, and you keep going. And for those few people who today were able to escape where they were being held up in Mariupol, Ukraine, and men who stayed behind to fight and protect. You see what the suffering is all about? The men hold back and usher the children and some of the women, not many, although there were hundreds there, give them some freedom. That's the word of God alive. That's the word of God today. That's the word of God in 2022. It's not just the headlines in our newspaper or Twitter or Facebook. No, it's the word of God in Holy Scripture reminding us to continuously feed his sheep, tend his lamb, be good to one another. Are we the fish or the lamb? Part of the bark of Peter? Part of the, the net? We're part of the catch. That 153 number is very significant. Traditionally, it was referred to as the universal church. All kinds of fish, all kinds of people are in the net of the church. When I was a kid, we lived in, for the summer, Union Beach. It's a little hamlet on the Jersey Shore. It was actually, it's on a bay. And my father loved the shore, loved the bay, loved nature. And when he came down on the weekends, he would take us out drag netting. That's what we called it. It was a big net. Some of you may know what it is. A pole on one side and a pole on the other side. And two of us would go out. One of us would stand stationary and the other would make a huge circle and then we'd come into shore to see what we caught in the net. Sometimes we caught fish. Very often we caught crabs. A lot of times we caught junk. That's what happened at that net. You see who comes into the church? And now we look at the net as God reaching out into the world. Some of us are junk. Some of us are evil. Some of us should be thrown away because of the garbage we do or say. Some of us are negative and, and bite people verbally or by behaviors like crabs would. And some of us make it. And we become little spearings that are put into the buckets and brought in. We've got to decide who we are. Are we the junk? Are we the crabs? Or are we the saved? We've got to decide. And we decided by how we do life. Tending his sheep. Feeding his flock.
being Jesus to one another, never denying him, always standing up for him. Through word, through prayer, through our actions out in the world. Lamb, nice metaphor. We're not talking about pekora. We're not talking about lambs to eat. We're talking about ourselves and how God re re regards each one of us as his lambs. A friend of ours at St. Peter's University last week was on campus. It was Earth Day, and she had a cute little lamb. I wish I was there because I would have pet it. Cute little lamb. She and her daughter were petting it. And you get, you get goofy and, and, and mushy because the thing is so cute and, you know, you pet it and you feed it some things. That, that's nice. That's not what Jesus is talking about. Jesus is talking about feeding each other. And sometimes we're ugly. Sometimes we're nasty. And sometimes we don't ask for forgiveness. That's who Jesus is talking about all of us, to love as he loved. And in doing that, we're imitating the apostles who knew what they were doing, did it correctly, and were punished for it. This is our church. This is our gospel. This is our history. We are not lambs, and we're not fish. We're people who were saved by Jesus' own blood. It's up to us to save one another.